thank you for listening to the podcasts from Life Central Church. For more information or to visit one of our locations, go to lifecentralchurch.org.uk. So, good morning. <laughs> oh, wow. It's um, always difficult. Uh, I, I just get, uh, I just love the work that Compassion is doing, and I love when a local church like yourselves steps beyond themselves to be able to serve the poorest of the poor. Andy, is there any chance that you could just pass me my water um, down there? Thanks, bud. Thank you. So open your Bible to Luke chapter 10. Or load your app. <laughs> Whatever you got this morning. Um, uh, turn it open to yeah, Luke chapter 10, and we're going to go there in a moment. How many of you um, watch a, uh, a streaming service? We've all kind of got streaming services now, uh, whether it's Netflix or Disney Plus or uh, uh, Amazon Prime. You know, there's all sorts, isn't there, out there? And, and others, you know, so I don't get sued for not mentioning any other streaming services. But uh, I remember recently I've, I've watched a, a, a series on Amazon Prime, and it was called The Good Doctor. Anyone seen that? Um, it's a beautiful, beautiful show. If you haven't watched it, I'd, I'd, I'd encourage you. It's good. And, and it kind of spoke to me personally because our eldest son is on the autistic spectrum. And so this is about a doctor who has autism. In fact, he's a surgeon who has autism. And um, he, it's the, his story and how his interactions and things like that. But it's called The Good Doctor. And anyway, I was reading my devotions recently, just kind of praying about what God really wanted me to bring and speak into this next season of church, you know, because we are we're coming out well we've come out of a pandemic or although numbers are rising but let's not go there but hey ho um, you know and we're returning and and kind of rebuilding and re-establishing and, and and bringing community and and looking at how do we move from where we were and the sort of restrictions of the two years to to a healthy place where we're seeing people transform the love of Christ shown and all that kind of stuff and and I really felt God challenging me about this whole thing of what does it mean to be a good neighbor what does it mean for us to be a good neighbor? What, what's God's view of that? What's Jesus' view of that? You know, what, what does it mean for us in our own localities, but also around the world? What does it mean for us to be a good neighbor? And so you might be uh, thinking or knowing exactly where we're going to go in the, in the Scriptures in Luke 10. We're going to pull a few things out of the parable of the Good Samaritan that I believe Jesus uh, revealed to me and just kind of challenged me. Because obviously, if you've been around church any, any length of time, you've probably heard the Good Samaritan parable a number of times. And so I was asking Jesus, you know, what, what fresh do you want me to get out of this? Because sometimes after a season of complexity, which, we, which is what we've gone through, we just need to get back to some basics, don't we? You know, we need to come back to some just basic biblical truths of this is what the Word of God says. This is what Jesus would wanted us to understand out of this. And so hopefully these things won't be rocket science, but they'll just challenge us a little bit about what does it mean to be a good neighbor. So we're going to read through this whole passage. I'm going to read it reasonably quickly because of time. It says this, Luke chapter 10, verse 25. On one occasion, an expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? What is written in the law? It's in red, so we know it's Jesus. So what is written in the law, he replied. How do you read it? 
He answered, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength, and with all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. Let's just pause there for a second. So this suggests that this man has been following Jesus around for a while. So he's, he's been listening to the teachings. He's been, and isn't it interesting that in Jesus' initial response, when Jesus was asked, you know, what's the greatest commandment? Jesus cannot bring himself to just bring one. Isn't it interesting that Jesus said, well, you know, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and, and with all your strength. And then he goes, and then, then the second is just like it, love your neighbor as you, as you love yourself. It's almost as if in Jesus' mind, in the kingdom of God, in, in God's design, it's impossible to separate loving God from loving your neighbor. It's, it's almost like it's an anathema. I love that word. <laughs> no, don't worry. There's not many bigger ones coming than that. But like, it's almost like in Jesus' world, in Jesus' mind, in his heart, he just cannot separate from loving God to loving your neighbor. That's a bit of a challenge, isn't it? And that's what I want to look at this morning because it's not always that easy for us to love our neighbor. And so, but it is, it is so close to the heart of God that he just could not separate it. If you love me, you'll love your neighbor. And so what does that look like? And it goes on. Jesus says, you have answered correctly. Jesus replied, do this and you will live. Hmm, it's interesting that he even suggests that this is life and death here. You know, love God, love your neighbor. But he wanted to justify himself so he asked Jesus, and who is my neighbor? Isn't it? We love to justify ourselves. We, and, and we love, because we'd love it to just be so simple and easy. But I, I imagine this man was going, yeah, but just make this easy for me, Jesus, because I, you know, I really want to have life and live, you know, so I want to do all of that. Can you make it just really easy for me about this whole loving neighbor thing? Um, we all ask this question, and this is the question that we're asking this morning, and who is my neighbor? In reply, Jesus said, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho when he fell into the hands of robbers. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him and went away, leaving him half dead. A priest happened to be going down the same road. And when he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. So too a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him pass by on the other side. So the religious people passing by, great. Um, but a Samaritan, a Samaritan, as he traveled, came where the man was, and when he saw him, he took pity on him. He went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he put the man on his own donkey, took him to an inn, and took care of him. The next day, he took out two silver coins and gave them to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said, and when I return, I will reimburse you for any extra expense you may have. Which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of robbers? The expert in the law replied, the one who had mercy on him. Jesus told him, go and do likewise. So Jesus does this incredible story, this incredible parable to help us understand just a few truths about who Jesus, who the kingdom of God, what, what their mindset is of, of a good neighbor. And so I've got three things. This is brilliant preaching because it's three points. Three point sermon and every point begins with the letter B. Come on. Is that all I get? <laughs> You're waiting for the points, and then you'll decide whether to go, well done, Luke. Um, first point is this. This is what I pulled out of this. 
We've got to, if we want to be a good neighbor, we've got to think beyond boundaries. Beyond boundaries. When we think about our neighborhood, and this is a challenge for us because over the last two years, we've been so restricted. Our boundaries have been clipped in a way. We've become very focused, very parochial, very tribal, very much around our, just our little area. But why would Jesus use the example of a good neighbor, of a man from a totally different country? A totally different country. The Samaritan was from Samaria. It wasn't even from Judah or Israel or the local area. He was a man from a totally different country. I believe that God wants to just challenge us about our small-minded thinking when it comes to being a good neighbor. That yes, I understand the Great Commission. I understand that it starts in Jerusalem to Judea to Samaria to the ends of the earth. I understand that we're to be good neighbors to Mick and Jane next door or whatever neighbor comes to mind when you think of the word neighbor. You know, you will have, when I say who's your neighbor, you'll have someone. You'll have someone popping into your mind and you should be a good neighbor to them. But I also believe that God wants to just challenge our thinking about being a good neighbor. That the example he gives here was a man from a totally different country. We've got to think beyond boundaries. You know, God views every single person created in his image on the planet as someone who should be loved and cared for by us. You know, we have a responsibility to our world. You know, and, and there's a whole bunch of stuff going on at the moment about carbon, about our, the, the, the state of our world, our societies, our culture. There's all sorts of stuff. And we as Christians, we as people who carry the love of God within us should be interested in that. We should be engaging in that. We should be going beyond our boundaries, stretching our minds into thinking about how you, from Hales Owen, can impact the local area, our country, and our world. God has a part for you to play. That's why he calls us a body, every single person having a part to play together, and then we'll see the kingdom of God established in our world. And so in Hebrews chapter 13, verse two, the writer of Hebrews encourages us to show hospitality to strangers, people who may not be just like us. And that leads me on to my second point. The second B is this. In order to be a good neighbor, we've got to think beyond barriers beyond barriers. This man, the Samaritan, who Jesus uses as the example of a good neighbor, has every single excuse to not show love to this Jewish man. In fact, the Samaritans were viewed as hostile, as enemies to the Israels, Israelites. You know, they were viewed as hostile. They were viewed as separate. In fact, the Jewish people would take a totally different route just to avoid stepping a foot into Samaria. This man has every single barrier to stop him from being a good neighbor. And yet, Jesus uses him as an example. And that challenges me. Because we all build barriers into our worlds, into our, into our thinking, into our being that stop us or hinder us from being a good neighbor. Think about some of the barriers that we put in there. We often think, well, I've got no similarity to this person. I don't know their culture. I don't understand how they think or their worldview. 
You know, those are barriers that we build in that may not be a fondness. In fact, you know, I don't like, because it's so easy just to love people who are just like us. You know, if you support Tottenham, then, you know, I will love you. It's, it's easy for me to love you if you support Tottenham. But uh, obviously, I guess around here is predominantly the villa, right? <laughs> Preach it. <laughs> But, you know, it's easy, isn't it, to love someone who's just like you, listen to the same music, like the same food, live in a similar area. It's easy. But what about those people who are not quite like you? What about those people who maybe think a little bit different or have a different worldview? What about those people who maybe have a slightly different theology to you? you know, how, how are we being a good neighbor to them? What does that look like? What barriers have you built into your world? When have you, how many of you tell yourself that you just don't have enough time? You, you're speaking a barrier over yourself. How many people in here, when that phone rings at 10 o'clock at night, you're going, who dare ring me at this time? You know, you're, instead you're picking up the phone and going, what? <laughs> Rather than picking up the phone and going, thank you so much for ringing me at 10 o'clock at night. <laughs> how can I be a service? You know, but what barriers? Maybe some people have just gone, I just don't have enough money. I don't have enough funds. Or I don't know the answer to the questions that are going to be asked of me. What if they find out that I'm a Christian? What barriers have you built into your world that are stopping you from being able to show the love of God to people, to be a good neighbor? Love transcends all barriers. I mean, let's just think about it for a moment. I I doubt the barriers that you're facing are quite the same as heaven, God, coming from heaven to earth. I mean, that's a pretty big barrier, right? Pretty huge. And yet Jesus chose, God chose to come in human form so that he could redeem Mankind. Redeem is a Christian word, in essence, to sort out all the wrong stuff that we've done so that we could have a relationship with him. Do you still have an excuse? Because that's a pretty big barrier, and yet love transcends it. Love overcomes it. You know, if you love God, you'll love your neighbor. And I'm not belittling, please hear me, I'm not belittling, belittling the barriers, the challenges that you face in your life, but I just encourage you to go to God with them and say, God, just help me, help me overcome this, you know, because we can be overcomers. By the Spirit of God, we can be overcomers. And so let's think about those barriers. How can we truly show the love of God to be a great neighbor? You know, I heard about a quick story from uh, the Philippines. One of the young children that we're working with, Al John, his name was and, or is, and uh, he's a child that's grown up in extreme poverty but was so impacted by the grace that he'd been shown that he wanted to be able to support other children around the world. Now, obviously, this is a child growing up in extreme poverty. They don't have the sort of funds to be able to um, sponsor a child. But he came to the project staff and said, can I just write? Is there any way that I could just write? And so now Al John from the Philippines writes to the children in Ethiopia just to encourage them on their journey of being released from extreme poverty. There's always a way to overcome the barrier. The last point is this, and then we're done. Beyond budgets. Hmm. Did I really just go there? Yes. 
in a season when we know the cost of living is increasing. In a season when we know that in October, potentially, gas and electric prices are going to go up by 47%. That's a challenge. As a local church, you'll be doing stuff, no doubt, to help people in your local community in October and beyond, when all of a sudden people who were cooking on two hobs are now only cooking on one to try and save some gas. You know, there will be food poverty, there will be fuel poverty in your local communities. But the challenge I felt from this is that in order to be a good neighbor, sometimes it goes beyond budgets. Do you really think that this Samaritan man that morning got up and thought, you know what, I'm just going to put a few extra denarii in my man bag just in case I bump into a Jewish man who'd been beaten up by robbers? Do you really think that that was part of his thinking? You know, I love a good budget. Kaz and I, we try, sorry, Karen or Kaz, the Hagley, doesn't matter either. Um, But, you know... I love a good budget. I love things to be nice and tidy. I love to be able to put things in columns and rows, you know, and who else loves a good budget, you know, at the beginning of the year? Okay, a few people, yeah, I'm there. Um, But, you know, I love a good budget. I love things to be nice and tidy. But the thing is about the kingdom of God and the thing is about loving people is it's not always just nice and tidy. Sometimes it means that as we did this morning, and I thought that was brilliantly on, is that we need to start with our posture like this. You know, freely has God given to us, freely we give. And sometimes it's going to be a stretch. And I'm going to encourage, or I'm going to challenge you this morning, can it be a stretch? You know, could you go, you know what? I'm going to think beyond budgets. I'm going to, in, from a position of faith, go, okay, God, you know, how do you, what, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to invest myself in? What is it, Lord, that you, how do you want me to be a good neighbor. And so we're going to wrap up in a second. Um, But I just want to say this, right at the end of this scripture, it says this, go and do likewise. (laughs) And so this isn't me trying to cajole you. This is just me coming back to some words of Jesus and going, you know what? There's some work that we need to do. There's a neighbor on your street this week that needs you to go and and be a good neighbor to them. There's someone in your workplace, in your school, in your college, in your university that needs you to be a good neighbor to them. Maybe it's just about praying for them. Maybe it's about popping a note through their door. Don't do what I suggested one time to, (laughs) I said, oh yeah, put a note through their door saying I love you. Hmm. (laughs) Maybe start with, hey, I just want you to know that uh, I'm here. Do you want a cup of tea or a coffee sometime? There's practical ways in which you could be a good neighbor. Love God, love your neighbor. Sometimes you look at the stats of poverty, and we've got a stat at the moment. 736 million people live in extreme poverty, and almost half of them are children. And an estimated 150 million, due to the pandemic, are being pushed into extreme poverty. Oh, But we have an opportunity to be a good neighbor. So love God, love your neighbor. And so... The challenge this morning is could you stretch your boundaries, get over some of the barriers, maybe think about your budgets, beyond budgets, and actually be a good neighbor to a child who just needs someone just like you to come alongside them and say, I've got you. 
I've got you. We're going to do this together. We're going to go on this journey of breaking out of extreme poverty in Jesus' name. We're going to do that together. So we're going to worship. Now, um, Leon, there's just a couple of profiles there. Could you just pass them to me? Thank you very much. It's going to be really simple this morning about how you can prayerfully consider sponsoring a child, partnering with a child, going on that journey of being a good neighbor to them. I've got little Maria here, who's one year old from Tanzania from the project that we're working in, um, Yusuf as well, and there's others. In fact, actually, could the stewards or the host team stand? The host team have got profiles, Hagley, Rowley, there's Kaz, there's Phil with you as well. If you're online, there's going to be a QR code or a, a web link or something like that. And whilst we worship now, and I'm going to pray and then we're going to worship why don't you just pop your hand up? You're not committing to that sponsor to sponsor that child when you put your hand up, but we will get a profile into your hand. And then I want you to prayerfully consider whether you could sponsor that child. It costs £28 a month to sponsor a child, which for some is going to be a stretch. Maybe you could do it as a life group or a connect group together or partner with someone else. But pop your hand up. We'll get a profile into your hand and then we'll close out the service. Lord God, thank you so much for the incredible generosity of everyone here. Thank you so much for the life transformations that are already taking place through this local church, through Life Central together. Incredible life transformations. And Lord, we pray for Maria. We pray for Yusuf. We pray for the other children that are here this morning that are looking for someone to be a good neighbor to them, to come alongside them and say, we'll do this journey together on you being released from extreme poverty. Lord, help us this week to be a good neighbor to someone who's in need whether it's a child, whether it's a neighbor in our local area, whether it's someone at work, Lord, lay that person on our heart in your name. Amen.